You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Salutations, specters and spectresses. Once again, it's your master of scaramonies, Anderkin and Bulger, rising from the depths of the damned. My dressing room at New World Stages. <laughs> Welcome to another bone-chilling chapter of Dracula the Podcastula, the official companion podcast of the new off-Broadway show Dracula, a comedy of terrors. Each episode will be exhuming the eerie and extracting the entertaining as we gab with ghouls and ghosts, a.k.a. our cast and creators. So join us as we unravel the shroud of mystery, enveloping off-Broadway's most blood-curdling comedy. Ladies and gentlemen, it's with immense pleasure that I welcome the co-author of Dracula, A Comedy of Terrors, Steve Rosen, to the show. Steve has crafted a myriad of fantastic works, including notable collaborations with Gordon Greenberg, The Secret of My Success, Crime and Punishment, A Comedy, and Ebenezer Scrooge's Big San Diego Christmas Show. He's the brilliant mind co-behind the musical gems The Other Josh Cohen and Griswold's Broadway Vacation. He's been nominated for five Drama Desks and two Lucille Lortel Awards. And he's also a brilliant actor, folks. I can't get enough of this guy, Steve Rosen. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my Andrew. goodness. I love your character that you do here. It's sort of like the Crypt Keeper from uh, Tales from the Crypt. I. It says in my description, a la Elvira and the Crypt Keeper. Oh, my God, because you look like Elvira. I look like I've got the sound, tits of Elvira. And the voice of John Cassier. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, of course you know the actor voicing that. Of course I do, because I was a child with no friends <laughs> who wanted to know who what all the voices look like on all the cartoons. Oh, but Steve, I'm really glad that I'm here to chat with you, because I think, despite, you were probably the person I knew the best of anyone involved with this, other than Ellen Harvey, who I've worked with, but I haven't actually gotten to sit down and gab with you at all. I was thinking that the other day, that this, literally the first conversation that you and I are going to really have on this job is on microphone for the podcast. Um, That's weird. Well, because you're behind the table now. It is. It's it's, a, it's very far behind that table <laughs> to the stage. Yeah, he was a very cold presence in the room. Yes. Very cold. Not true at all. Not true. Head shaking, a lot of throat <laughs> clearing. <clears throat> Whenever I am doing an interview about Dracula and they ask me why I wanted to do this. It is always two words. It is Steve Rosen. Um, I've been such a massive fan of yours since I was in college. I remember coming to New York to visit Celia. I think when That's I was her in, name. That's her name. Your yes, sister. Yes, yeah, Celia. I think her name is Celia. Um, when I was in college to see her in Spelling Bee, and she was also like, well, you got to see another show while you're here. This new thing that they've got cooking up called Don't Quit Your Night Job, which is uh, in... I guess it's an improv variety show that you co-created. Is that how you would describe yeah, it? Yeah, I would describe it like that. Sure, yeah. And it was an improv variety benefit that we did after um, 
after our shows because, mm-hmm. for, I mean, first of all, you're very kind to say all those nice things of about course. me. And I just want to acknowledge that and tell you that I'm grateful and the feeling is completely mutual. <laughs> uh, but Don't Quit Your Night Job, yeah, it was something that I, that I put together um, with Dan Lipton, who is, which is actually how yeah. I met Celia in the first right, place. Right, right, right. And uh, Sarah Salzberg, who is in Spelling Bee mm-hmm. with Celia, and David Rossmer, with whom I wrote um, – uh, Josh, the other Josh Cohen and um, Griswold's Broadway Vacation. And it was like this show that we would do after work. We'd all go down to Joe's Pub like th- the last Thursday of every month at 11.30 p.m., so mm-hmm. like an SNL-type time, when we knew that everyone had Friday off, they could sleep in. And we would go play theater games with people from all the other shows, and we would cure- anyway, we'd write segments and sketches. It was really some of the most fun I've ever had as a creative person. It was the first real show that I helped put together in New York, the first real writing that I was doing on a regular basis. Um, And it built my community so much because the only things they had for people in shows to do collectively, I was in Spam a lot, Salzburg was in uh, Spelling Bee, Rossmer was in, I think, Fiddler on the Roof at that time. The only thing we had to do together was bowling and softball, right. like competitive sports. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like not. So we did this thing called Don't Quit Your Night Job. There's tons of clips online, oh, uh, including gosh. your sister, I believe, doing a Mad Lib to On My Own. Yeah, um, sure. And uh, yeah, it's a great source of joy in my life and uh, a playful quality that has I've been lucky enough to sort of carry with me uh, through the other stuff that I've gotten to do, mm-hmm. like, um, you know. A lot. The, it got rid of the fear of failure uh, at a relatively early stage because I was getting used to failing on a regular basis. Uh, so I no longer. Yeah, that's it. so interesting. It. I mean, it truly, folks. It's. It was so funny and so clever, and it just a clear example that your mind is occupying a different space than everyone else. Yeah, it's called insanity. <laughs> well, so where did you see it? Did you see it downtown? I saw, I saw it at Joe's Pub. I then saw it. Y'all did it on like 46th or something in like a basement somewhere? Yes, we did. It used to be a laser tag parlor. Which I had, I went to a laser tag birthday party for Leah Michelle's 10th birthday at that place when I was a child. But but before it was a comedy club. Before it was a comedy club, yes. Wow. Wow, that's a crazy story. I always got a feeling while I was down there. I was like, (laughs) so many ghosts. Smells like children actors down here. So Dracula, are you a big horror fan? A horror fan? Yes, I love horrors. Uh, I've been, uh, you know, actually, uh, as far as horror goes, um, I am very squeamish. I, yeah, I am a big scaredy cat. Oh, I had. I clearly remember as a kid being traumatized by Poltergeist, the clown in that movie. You know, coming out from under the bed and strangling the kid. Spoiler. I mean, it's. It's pretty old now, but strangling the kid and pulling him under the bed or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I can't watch Squid Game. I can't watch anything that is really scary because I get really bad nightmares. Um, oh my and gosh. so I am, I will watch horror things, but I do it with my hands covering my eyes, you know? Oh, that's wild. I would have never guessed that. Oh, yeah. Um, So did you watch like classic horror movies sort of in prep for this or well I, you know i did watch a lot of tales from the crypt and the twilight yeah, zones yeah, yeah. and 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 yeah i watched a lot of the old like um so just movies from this era where people were talking like this. And I've seen plenty of productions of Dracula in my lifetime. Yeah. And like the stage production, the Hamilton Dean production. And one thing I've noticed a couple of times I've seen it is that a large part of the plot is like 
I wonder who the vampire is. And the audience always knows it's like, yeah. it's the guy in the cape. <laughs> and that element sort of, I think, we really wanted to play with that part yeah. of things is that like these people, while they're in this horrible situation, are also kind of incredibly stupid. Yes. Um, oh, you co-authored this play with Gordon, who's our... Very crafty, very trusty director. Um, collaboration and writing can be a delicate dance, if you will. How did you and Gordon balance and complement each other's strengths during the writing process? That's very kind of you to say. And I know that you collaborate so much when with all the things you do. I love mm -hmm. Jack and Louisa, and I love the oh, you know the you. stuff that you make. Um, so you know about the art of collaboration, and um, I love working with Gordon. He is very uh, open to ideas and he's the kind of collaborator you dream about because I think we both come into things assuming that the other person's idea is going to be better than ours. Mm -hmm. And so when you come in with that positive and generous attitude, you wind up creating some great things because you wind up building on each other's ideas. And, you know, Gordon is... He's much more intellectual than I am. Um, he's very well read. He's up to date on all of the current events and he speak, he's multilingual. And, you know, so whenever you see something in the script, like, you know, the phrase off piste, <laughs> I have to say things like, what does that mean? Um, and then every time there's some really, really low base joke, he's like, yes, I suppose that's funny. Um, so I think that we balance each other nicely between the highbrow and the lowbrow stuff. Which I think our show does a pretty good job doing that <laughs> tightrope. Well, thank you. Thanks in large part to our amazing cast who put this material over night after night and just lock in. Oh, and that's the sound of a toilet. How yes. appropriate. We are backstage. <laughs> um, in the bathroom. <laughs> Give me a second. Um, <laughs> And what a cast. Holy cow. I mean, we're not bad. Uh, so Dracula is a lean 90 minutes and the jokes come fast and furious. I remember reading the script for the first time and was just like, oh, well, there's the show. No notes. But during <laughs> rehearsals, I was so amazed by the number of jokes and bits that y'all penned and then tested and then like decided to cut. What has that been like, having to kill some of your darlings? And this is a two-parter. And is there a joke or a bit that you've cut that you still sometimes think about? Uh, I, I love it. I love being able to fix and change things. You know, mm -hmm. it's theater is like a moving puzzle and it's never really finished until they tell you like it's opening night and they take the puzzle away from you. Yeah. And then then it becomes hard when you come to the show and you see something. And you're like, oh, I never fixed that. And then <laughs> every night they're doing yeah. it and that's what they're seeing. Um, but I like the um, I like the ability to, to to tinker and having every company of actors that we have been fortunate enough to work on this show with, um, starting with the Maltz Jupiter production and then uh, the podcast and then Albany and then Montreal, we have learned from every performer who has done the show. Mm -hmm. um, and the New York cast of this came in like off book, so like sophisticated and had so many ideas that it became clear a what we had written that we didn't need and that's such a relief hmm. to get stuff out yeah. when it's just like this is no no c plus jokes please like anything we it's like got to be b plus or better that's sort of the goal <laughs> um so it's it's nice to be able to leave something on the on the cutting room floor because it you know it's like when you take off 10 pounds it's like oh i just i feel so much lighter hmm. now and things it 
it works better. Um, as far as something that went onto the cutting room floor that I really miss, I mean, I really liked Mina's swallowing disorder um, that she had for a while. But at a certain point, it was uh, it became clear that there was enough going on with this character, and mm -hmm. and she had enough issues with her self-confidence and her um, self-esteem that she didn't, it was, just, it was just torture to give her one more thing. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> one, yeah, more, yeah. one more issue. <laughs> Poor Mina. Girl, I'm coming. It's our postwoman. She's here with some fang mail from the fans. Thanks, love. I nice, asked... nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> I asked our audience to write in with some questions for Steve. Scott Bix, who is fully my husband, messaged. I love Scott Bix, by the way. I love his internet presence. <laughs> oh, sure. I just met him recently, but he, he's... Uh, yes, yeah. yes, he's very good. What does he want to know? Um, he is... He, he asks, the story of Dracula has been told in so many different ways by so many different people over literally more than a century. What spurred you to try and tell it in this new way? Great question, Scott. Thanks for writing. Um, what really spurred us to tell it in this way was Andrew Cato, who is the artistic director of the Maltz Jupiter Theater. He knew that Gordon and I had written a similarly styled Christmas Carol mm -hmm. for, at that point, the Bucks County Playhouse. It was Ebenezer Scrooge's big playhouse Christmas show. And now we've, it, as the licensed version can be done anywhere. It, yeah. it takes place wherever you are. And he and Gordon uh, have been very close over the years, and Gordon has worked there a lot. And Andrew said, I've always dreamed of doing, like, a funny five-person Dracula. Could you, like, maybe... What if I commissioned you guys to, like, try and write a play version of that? And so... I mean, first of all, we were like, commission? <laughs> but then also, like, it sounded like a lot of fun. Yeah. And, you know, it's low stakes because if it doesn't work, then it doesn't get done. And, you know, we've yeah. we've put in several months of work on it. Um, but then once we started getting under the hood of, of Bram Stoker's novel, of Hamilton Dean's play, we started to see that there were lots of opportunities to um, explore the comedic sensibility of this work. And then when we took it to the Chicago Shakespeare Festival, uh, Rick Boynton, who was running it there, had some uh, fabulous insights too, because we had just done the play in in Florida, and then we went up immediately after, went up and worked on it with him, and he sort of just earmarked a couple of things for us in terms of style um, that also like helped us really lock in and we got some great work done on that show there and uh but that's the the genesis of it really came from you know the commission the idea of it but then you know if someone gives you a good idea and you get the ability to run with it that's you know again the art of collaboration yeah i like that you've cornered halloween and christmas i know and josh cohen is valentine's oh day oh my gosh that's right i know i just need to write Wait. a fourth of july musical oh, or something oh my yeah checks coming in all year round Pixel Pioneer asks, and this is a <laughs> a wild question, what would the Yelp review of your writing process look like? Um, three stars. <laughs> <laughs> Rosen, while funny, is unfocused at times and difficult to wrangle. Um, no, I mean, the Yelp review of our writing process, yeah, I mean, I think that it's I think people would rate highly our work ethic. We schedule our time. Mm. We make sure that we have appropriate enough time to do all the stuff that we want to do. And if we feel like we're running out of time, we will create more time in our life to do it. So our commitment to the process, I think, is something that you would 
Um, if you were looking for playwrights to write something, you'd want people that wanted to get the job done. Um, I think that they would enjoy the accommodations. It's either usually at Gordon's apartment or my apartment. <laughs> I love that. Or um, sometimes over the internet, over Zoom. Uh, so they'd like the accommodations. Mm -hmm. uh, we both have dogs. So if you don't like dogs, oh, that takes a star away. Oh, but, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think that it would be highly recommended. I think highly recommend this style because also two writers doing comedy is, in my mind, better than one because if I think something's really funny and no one else does. Immediate audience. Immediate yeah. audience. <laughs> and if so we both have to sort of agree that this is worthy of putting in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we do avoid extra drafts that way as opposed to if just one of us was trying to write it. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who's sending questions. If you have any questions for the cast or you would like to share your experience seeing Dracula, a comedy of terrors, shoot us a DM at Dracula the Podcastula or email your questions to podcastula at bpn.fm. You could be featured in a future episode. Oh, that ghostly bellow signals the arrival of the segment Backstage Booze, where our guest shares eerie encounters and mysterious happenings they might have experienced. Steve, do you have any spooky stories? I do have a spooky story. Um, it's more of the, like, give you chills down the back of your spine and your neck kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I am not a person who believes in the supernatural. I think that, you know fortune tellers and and the people on the street who say, I will tell you a fortune. Yeah. And I'm like, how come you didn't know I was just going to walk by and, <laughs> and laugh at you? But um, when I was in, I was doing a production of the other Josh Cohen at the Jiva Theater in my hometown mm -hmm. of Rochester, New York. And um, we were doing this sort of, doing a tryout there of the new version before we brought it to New York. And I found out right before one of the previews um, through, because I stupidly checked Facebook um, someone, one of my teachers said, I'm so sorry to hear, you know, that Lori is, um, is dying. And they're referencing my drama teacher from mm. high school, who was one of my biggest influences and, mm -hmm. and one of my biggest heroes and one of the most important people in my development as both a performer and a human. And I even wrote, there's a character in the show named Dewey, named after Lori Dewey. Um, and so I was sort of shocked by this, but you know, places and you got to go on, you try to yeah. compartmentalize. And then about 10 minutes into the show, um, a light fixture on the set fell, swung open, didn't drop, didn't hurt anybody, but swung open to the point where everyone wow, in terrifying. the audience went, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> totally. And you know, over the God mic, he, the stage manager's like, please hold, please hold. Yeah. And you know, I, I fucked around with the audience a little bit. I played, it's like, yeah, you know, this, you can tell I live in a really cheap apartment. <laughs> and, you know, this is New York for you. Um, and then when I got off stage, I found out that my drama teacher, Lori Dewey, literally passed the moment, like in that minute that that thing fell down. Whoa. So she never got to see the show, but it was sort of like on her way out. She's like, I told you I was gonna come by. Oh. I'm sorry I couldn't see the whole thing. So that was definitely spooky, but um, and but in, in a weird way reassuring yeah. because it felt, you know, I felt like, okay, there was, we, we marked the moment together. Um, so yeah, that's my spooky story. Oh, I love that. All right, my dark-hearted darlings, sharpen those fangs because it's the moment your sinister souls have been thirsting for. Yes, it's the vampiral moment of the week. <laughs> I love this character. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't let your ears have all the fun. Your eyes are invited to the eerie extravaganza, too. Head on over to at Dracula the Podcast Show to watch this next moment live and in color. So, Steve, having masterfully crafted Dracula, a comedy of terrors, you're no stranger to the power of words. 
But let's see how you do with just one. In this chilling challenge, I invite you to help me weave a haunting tale of horror. But there's a sinister twist. Each of us can only say one word at a time. It's time for the one-word nightmare narrative. And because all stories are spookier in the dark... Steve, are you what? ready? What's happened? <laughs> I, it, it's just a little light switch. Why is it so noisy? <laughs> All right, Steve, I invite you to help me weave a horrific tale. That rhymes a little bit. My name and weave. I'm Steven Weave. I, okay, great. Um, spooky. <laughs> spooky. Um, but there's a twist. We can only each say one word at a time. That is a twist. Are you ready? I am. Once. Upon a time. There was a creature of the night. Who was... Nice. He once went to a function at the Broadway flea market and he gave some autographs to theater fangs. However, there was a fantastic. <laughs> Exhibition <laughs> on 44th and 8th Avenues, where a pretty werewolf gave him several bites, and he lived forever. The end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good old werewolf at the flea market. Yep. 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 Getting bites. Nicely done. I mean, <laughs> look, it's this is the best you get when you only get one word at a time. And so, dear listeners, another episode of Dracula the Podcastula fades into the ghostly ether. Immense gratitude to the wordsmith wonder Steve Rosen for stepping into the moonlight and bearing his artistic soul. You can tumble further down the Stevie rabbit hole by following him at Stevie Rosen. As for your humble narrator, find me at Keenan Blogger, the show at Dracula Comedy, and of course the podcast at Dracula the Podcastula. If tonight's episode has piqued your curiosity, grab your tickets at DraculaComedy.com to experience the full era extravaganza. But fear not the silence, my dark companions, for like the immortal vampire, we too shall rise once more from the crypt. Until that fateful hour, see you in the shadows. Bye! If you've made it this far in the episode, thanks again for listening. It must mean that unlike Dracula themselves, this doesn't suck, and you must enjoy my biting humor. Make sure to share this with your friends and to leave a five-star review. Until next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.